Welcome to The Howler. Your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Chris Lehman and Drew Blevins. Well, hello everyone and welcome back inside another edition of The Howler, bringing you the state of Wolfpack athletics. I'm Drew Blevins, as always joined by Chris Lehman. Chris, not the best of weeks for NC State in athletics, but nonetheless looking to rebound. No, and it wasn't a bad week. You know, the results weren't exactly, I think, what everyone wanted, but not a horrible week, but not what we wanted. And as always, we are proud to have a guest with us at the beginning of every Haller. And today we have Ben Simmons of the North Carolina State Wolfpack Club Basketball Team. Ben, for thanking, uh, thank you for taking the time to join us. Oh, Awesome. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. Well, Ben, I mean, we're going to go ahead and start it right off here. This has been a fairly successful season for mm -hmm. NC State in the club basketball realm. I mean, what are your general impressions of the team and the way they're playing so far? Uh, so far, so good. Just came off a win at North Carolina. Uh, just got to continue into the next semester. We go to Wake Forest right after uh, Christmas break, but we're playing well as a team right now, especially I think my team, the red team. Everyone's getting along well, passing the ball great, shooting it well. So just got to keep it up playing as a team. I mean, I know it's only at the club level right mm -hmm. now, but you actually have a better record than the varsity team. Only two <laughs> losses is listed right now. I mean, how does that feel? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I wish some of our guys could be on the varsity team and help them shoot free throws, <laughs> but, you know, it can't happen. But um, hopefully the varsity team rebounds too. I know with Terry Henderson out, it's been hard for them, so hopefully they can get some guys back also. All right, now I want to talk to you kind of a about what it's like playing mm -hmm. with this team and what road trips are like mm -hmm. for you guys because it, it's not like Division One where nah. they get a plane or a nice bus to nah. take them to the games. What do you guys do? I know a lot of your games you talked about mm -hmm. you're going to Wake Forest. That's a fairly local game. Mm -hmm. But what about some longer trips that you guys take? Well, we went to South Carolina October 24th and 25th. And so how we travel down there is uh, each player on a team will take about three cars. Someone drives about four to a car. And then uh, I book all the hotels, and so then we stay in the hotel usually about five minutes away from the campus. You know, it's pretty fun. I mean, we don't get the planes, of course, and the nice buses, but, you know, it's still nice driving in a car with about four of your good friends on the team down there. So it, it's a good time. We really enjoy it. So what do, you, what do you guys do in terms of practicing every week? I know you practice at Carmichael Gymnasium. What is your practice schedule like? Well, I'm really laid back for practices. Uh <laughs> You know, we go from 9 to 11 every Wednesday. Uh, we're playing pickup mostly. We'll do a couple of drills. We'll throw some defensive ones in there, three on three, but mostly just playing pickup, just try to get to play with each other. Because, I mean, we play with each other in Carmichael, but once a week, that's our time. So just better team chemistry pickup. And shifting from the practice atmosphere now mm -hmm. to the game situations, I mean, you guys don't necessarily have the big crowd like you would have mm -hmm. been used to in high school. So what's it like to get yourself motivated to play in game situations? Uh, well, usually I just try to, like, you know, talk to him before the game, get him a little pumped up. Uh, it's kind of fine away. I think it helps out with nerves. Some people might not get as nervous, uh, but we, it's not that big of a deal to us. You know, we're just hope, having fun there and hoping to win tournaments and games. Undoubtedly. And, I mean, this has been a competitive team. I mean, can mm -hmm. you just talk about the camaraderie at, at the club level here? Because this team seems to be gelling right now. Yeah, so, yeah, at NC State there's a lot of good players. And, uh, like I said earlier, everyone's just getting along. And there are two teams, so do, I'll speak for each team. My team, the red team right now, uh, like team chemistry, like I keep saying, is just off the charts. Uh, there's so many good players to pick from here. And then I got blessed with landing a 6'10 transfer who played at Western Carolina last year, <laughs> Tucker Thompson. So you don't see a lot of 6'10 kids walk into Carmichael who have played Division One that will play club. So that was just 
I mean, unbelievably lucky for us. Um, and then we've got a lot of other good players too. And just to be fortunate to go here and land these kind of players and, you know, cause a lot of us had division three, division two offers and we didn't take, and we'd rather come to big school like NC state. And I'm just fortunate enough to have been president for two years and just coach players like this. So what kind of a strategy do you run with these teams? Because like you said, you only have mm -hmm. one time a week where you specifically play with each other. So, and you talked about, there's some great team chemistry. How have you built that and what kind of system do you run that you think works well with this team? Um, I just think a really laid back system, honestly. Um, just try to have practice once a week. Just, just try not to, you know, get do too much. I think burn out. A lot of these guys still, you know, want to go to classes and they like playing basketball, but just not every weekend. And just, you know, if I'm if they make a mistake out on the floor, just tell them it's okay, and then just not get mad. Just be a nice guy, pretty much. I think <laughs> is honestly the key to winning for us. I mean, you look at the schedule, and it's not incredibly lengthy. By no mm -hmm. means is it a varsity-level no. schedule. But, I mean, does that add importance to each and every one of these games, especially when you look mm -hmm. at it through the lens of you're playing teams like Duke and Carolina multiple times in a year? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially when um, myself growing up a Duke fan, too, playing North Carolina is the game I want to win the most. Honest, I don't care if it's for, like, 16 <laughs> plays. If we're playing North Carolina, I don't want to lose. Uh, and then Duke, too um, – Duke is not as good as North Carolina, but still, I, I mean, I want to beat every team pretty much I play, but especially North Carolina. So. I mean, that is outstanding when you look at the schedule. You talk about wanting to beat North Carolina, and you've succeeded in doing that this mm -hmm. year against both of their teams now, 3-1 and one against North Carolina as a school, which is mm -hmm. a tremendous record. But as we even step out from the local lens – you look now at NURSA mm -hmm. and having hosted the tournament for a few years now, NC State competitive in it. Do you think that this is a team that could go up to Ohio State this year and possibly make some noise after a regional win? Actually, yeah, I was talking about that to our uh, treasurer yesterday. Hopefully we can make the trip. I know financially it's going to be very expensive, but, oh, I mean, definitely we can compete up there. Just looking at our team, I still think we're going to win a couple of tournaments in the spring. Uh, it's going to be a good tournament. A lot of good teams just transferred to this other league called NCBBA, which our other team is actually in. So Cornell just went there, and Ohio State's actually in that, and NURSA. But, yeah, we can definitely go up there and make some noise in that tournament. Uh, my sophomore year, we went to Sweet 16. Last year, we went around a 32. But we won national championship in 2010, so I definitely think we can go up there and uh, do pretty well in that tournament. So, as you mentioned, NURSA has been here for a mm -hmm. while. What was it like to kind of be the host team of that big tournament? Oh, it was great. <laughs> Just having to walk five minutes down the road to the gym <laughs> instead of driving, like, ten hours to Ohio State. Uh, I'm really going to miss it. Uh, great people, great tournament. But it is um, it is going to be interesting going to Ohio State if we do make the trip. So, But definitely miss it being at State. I mean, that would easily be the longest trip of the year for you guys, would it not? Oh, yeah, hands down, yeah. Your coaching staff. Mm -hmm. I mean – you you speak as if you are a player coach, and having watched you and having seen you play, you sort of are. But there are a couple of listed yeah. coaches on this team, Coach Beluso and Coach Strawbridge, mm -hmm. who are leading both teams to a fair amount of success. I mean, can you speak to their contribution to this team? Yeah, Chase is also kind of like me. I mean, I do player coaching too, but Chase is very laid back, both of us. So we're just there to enjoy ourselves and have fun. Um, a lot of, I mean, it's hard not to like Chase. Talk to him for five minutes, and you'll just like automatically just like the guy. I just everyone just likes his his poise and just like how um, just subtle he is, and he just does a great job just working with us and talking to us. And Straw, on the other hand, he's a little bit more uh, 
fiery, competitive. You know, Strahl's going after him in practice. I mean, I've seen him over there drop the ball and run sometimes some sprints. But, yeah, Strahl gets after it, though, and I think that's good for that team because they need uh, someone to just get them amped up and going. So they're doing a great job so far. All right, now you've talked about you have a couple of other tournaments in the mm -hmm. spring, and we talked about NURSA, but there are other ones, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. leading up to that. What other tournaments are you guys going to be competing with? Well, right now I think I might host a 16-team tournament here the first weekend of February, but the way the Panthers are playing us the day of the Super Bowl, so <laughs> that's still up in the air because uh, hopefully I might go out to Santa Clara for that game, but we'll see. <laughs> um, that tournament and then you know, Wake Forest in January, and then, uh, I think Elon or Wilmington's going to have one. It's – Sorry, it's a lot of top of my head running two teams, trying to think tournaments. And then, uh, yeah, Wilming Wilmington might have one. So just local tournaments. I'll, it's, it's just whatever pops up at times, and I just get a text about. So, and then hopefully Ohio State, uh, no, April 17th, 18th. is pretty late this year, so we make that one. And uh, regionals for NURSA will be at Maryland February 27th and 28th if we go to that. When you look at those NURSA regionals, how difficult is it to win that tournament? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, that's ultimately your ticket to getting up and at Columbus to yeah. Ohio State. I mean, and this is playing against teams, some of whom you're familiar with and some mm -hmm. who you're not. Uh, well, there's five regions for Nursa, and so how it goes, I think Maryland region is number one, and then we could go to that, or Georgia Tech region number two. They're really, I mean, it's just like a good preparation for nationals. And, uh, but how... It, like necessary if you win let's say a regional with nursa then i think you get like uh 75 dollars off your entry fee or uh for nationals and then but you can automatically sign up for nationals but if you win regionals it's all about seating so you just get the higher seating, the easier bracket so we haven't done that in the past because we've hosted here so i've just kind of been like we don't really need to go to regionals but this year it looks like we will be going to regionals in maryland or georgia tech all right, so I want to talk a little bit about kind of the league you're in or mm -hmm. the organization that you're under uh, mm -hmm. because we've talked a lot about the hockey team. We know a lot about the hockey team there in the ACCHL. Mm -hmm. What is your equivalent for basketball and kind of what is the, okay. the region here like in terms of organization? Yeah, uh, so there's NURSA, which we were going to compete in. They actually made a league this year, but it fell through, just not enough teams in our region. And then there's the National Club Basketball Association, which our other team, the white team, is in. Uh, their conference is let's or their division is let's uh, Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, and East Carolina. That's for the South Atlantic uh, North, and then for the South Atlantic South, I think it's uh, UNC Wilmington, South Carolina, Georgia, Kennesaw State, and uh, there's one more. There's so many teams. There's like 50 teams in there. <laughs> I can't remember all of them. I'm surprised I got eight, but. Um, they play in that, so what they do is they play three games, kind of like college baseball on weekends, and then uh, it's like conference, and so they take their record at the end of the year, and then they go to nationals, which will be in Pittsburgh, I'm pretty sure, this year. So then they do that, and then for my team, um, since we didn't do NURSA, it's just kind of local tournaments too, but we're still involved with NURSA. Uh, they still have their uh, regionals, as I said, nationals, so we'll go do that. With so many teams around, mm -hmm. what's it like trying to assert dominance, trying to build rivalries, and trying to get yourself amped up to play mm -hmm. those local teams? Or is it just the fact that there's so many varsity-level rivalries that it's fairly easy to get? I mean, no, it's um, – North Carolina has a lot of good club basketball. I'd probably say the best in the country. A lot of the – I mean, we've got rivals in club, honestly. Wilmington's been very good. UNC Pembroke, this is their first year. They're really – I mean, this is the best first-year team I've ever seen for club for them. Uh, North Carolina, of course, uh, I don't care if it's their A or B team. Um, 
You know, Duke, we've never lost a Duke since I've been here. So, honestly, wish it could have been like that in varsity too. But Duke's not that big of a rival and not Wake Forest. But I, I, EC, so I would say rival-wise, ECU, Wilmington, now Pembroke, and Chapel Hill. So, it used to be Fayetteville State, but we don't play them anymore. So you have two teams this mm-hmm. year. Is that that's I believe the first time you guys have done that. Uh, what made you guys switch mm-hmm. to the two team format? Well, my, yeah, my freshman year we had one at first and then split into two. But um, so what made me do that is there's just a lot of good players. Um, I think we were returning 14. I didn't want to have 14 on one team, and then I knew dues were going to be expensive because we were going to have to go to uh, nationals at Ohio State, and then the other team would have to go to Pittsburgh. Just the talent here at NC State, honestly. There's a lot of good players. I didn't want to cut some. So, I could have – I mean, I could have done three teams, but I didn't want to do it. I mean, two's already a lot. <laughs> yeah. When when you're looking at talent level and when you're mm-hmm. looking at building a roster year in and year out, what traits are you looking for over the board? Not, not necessarily positional mm-hmm. skill and size, but the intangibles. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, what I told my vice president this year, I said, look, number one, I'm looking for character. If you got a bad attitude, I don't care how good you are. You're not going to be on my team. We've had some trouble in the past on the club team with some bad attitudes and uh, some really good players. But you know what? Our team chemistry right now, that's just the way I pick teams, and it's been the best I think it's ever been in my four years here on the club team. So definitely character, how long you can get a well um, interact with people and get along well with your teammates, and uh, just being a good person, honestly. I think that outweighs skill level at times when I look at uh, players and tryouts. All right, so you bring up tryouts. What is mm-hmm. kind of the tryout – process for you guys yeah so how i do it is i do two nights of tryouts first night's open about everyone so everyone gets a chance at trying out i'll do a couple drills like ball handling shooting and then playing pickup and then i just sit down in the corner with the clipboard and just start kind of kind of taking notes and see who can play and who has bad attitude and just like just evaluate them as a whole and then how i do it after the first night i make cuts i get with uh, my vice president a couple people returns from the team and we decide who's going to come back. And then I think this year we narrowed it down to 15 for eight spots for both teams. So then it was kind of like one made it over the other this year. And uh, so that last night, all we did was play pickup. And people on our returners from our team play also during tryouts, and they kind of see, evaluate the uh, people trying out also. So then the second night, the last night of uh, tryouts finalizing the team, we just go into tally for about an hour or two, like a war room, and just like – hammer it out it's hard it, it you get down to one or two kids and you want to keep one and then someone else wants one and then you gotta make some tough de- i've made some tough decisions before and i've not made some people happy so it, it's pretty i mean it's not a fun two days by any stretch and finally we come down to the chalk portion you're an eight and two team right now mm-hmm. what is it going to take to improve on that record no matter how difficult it may mm-hmm. be because two losses is one of the best records we've seen at any level with state sports this season but what's it going to take to keep improving uh I, you know what i just i think we're going to be fine honestly just using our 610 guy tucker thompson when we throw the ball down to him in the post i mean we've got shooters too on our team he can just make a move or just kick it out. So just uh, working the offense through Tucker, honestly, and uh, Tanner McCaskey too. He's he's six seven. He's a big guy also. So just going through them and just making sure we can hit outside shots. I think we'll uh, win a couple tournaments this spring. NC State Club Basketball 8-2 and two as they continue to work down the stretch and heading into the next semester. You just heard from Ben Simmons, captain, coach, player. Ben, thanks so much Thank for taking you. the time. Well, Chris and I will be right back with some analysis of some of the varsity sports and a little bit of NC State hockey coming up. Tough week for NC State sports, but we'll give you the skinny on what went down. You're listening to The Howler, Wolfpack Sports Television, giving you the state of Wolfpack Athletics.
Welcome back to the Howler. Drew Blevins alongside Chris Lehman. You just heard from Ben Simmons of the North Carolina State Club basketball team. Chris, that's a team that keeps on succeeding. They keep on keeping on year in, year out. Yeah, and that's something we've noticed with these club teams is they do a good job of kind of finding continuity and passing along that success to a younger generation of athletes who come in. And we'll get back over to the hardwood here momentarily, but first we have to start on the football field, NC State's final home game, final regular season game for the football season against arch rival number 14, North Carolina. And really, it is summed up in a few short, sweet words and about 15 minutes of football. 35-7, UNC, into the first quarter. NC State outscores the Tar Heels 27-10 throughout the rest of the game, but it's just not enough. They drop the game 45-34. There were so many defensive breakdowns throughout the course of this game. 550-plus yards total offense for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Elijah Hood runs for 220 yards. TJ Logan, 187. NC State gets slashed, dashed, and gashed all up the middle on the run game, and Marquise Williams is able to run it back up through the air as well. Once again, this Carolina offense just proves to be too much for NC State as Carolina grabs another one. Larry Fedora now 3-1 and one against NC State in his career at North Carolina. I mean, what can't this North Carolina team do? Because they look very confident, very calm. They went about their business, and they just took it to the Wolfpack. Well, yeah, and... I wouldn't say that that offense was too much for the defense. They, they held them to 10 points over the last three quarters. And that's not to say that after getting up by 28 points, North Carolina didn't pull off the throttle a little bit. But I also don't think NC State showed up to start this game, which baffles me that you come in against the team that you want to beat the most. You could go 1-11, and 11, and the only win you get is against North Carolina, and it's still not that bad of a season. I don't know how you don't show up with that energy because they didn't. North Carolina clearly did. They had what happened last year in the back of their minds because that's what the score was after just one quarter. But NC State just flat out didn't show up to play in the first quarter. I think it would have been a very, very interesting game. I mean, even when you look at it, they only lose by 11 points, and they were down by 28 after the first quarter. This was an NC State team that could have beaten the Tar Heels, but they didn't show up and play like it. NC State certainly had all the explosivity I think they needed to be able to defeat North Carolina and all they had to do was come out and play a full 60 minutes of football and 45 minutes just did not get it done that's the fact of the matter Brissett throws another interception that ends up being returned all the way down Carolina first and goal from their own six and of course they're able to score on that drive that makes it 35 to 7 it was a disappointing game I think that's just the best way to sum it up NC State gave it a valiant effort coming down the stretch but to me Luke DeCock of the News and Observer said it very, very well. He goes, when North Carolina went up 28, 28 points seemed like a whole lot larger than it actually was, and NC State cut it back down to two scores at a couple of points during that game, and that seemed like a whole lot less than it really was. But before we wrap up football, NC State will be going to a bowl game. So we'll set that on the back burner and we have to look at it through that lens that there is another game for NC State that it is another winning season regardless of what happens in the bowl game Dave Doran 7 and 5 in the regular season once again repeating it but he still has an overall losing record at NC State now 16 and 18 he has beaten North Carolina exactly once he has no marquee victories and there were a few opportunities in that game against Big Baby Blue for him to go for it on fourth down, for him to create a couple more 
explosive offensive plays, and the fact of the matter is he settled for field goals and didn't take the risks that a lot of people thought were necessary to win that football game. Is that worrisome? And do we need to start looking at perhaps getting a new head coach, or is that crying wolf far before we need to? Well, I think it is a little bit early to start saying that because, I mean, you look at how some of the freshmen that have come in this year have actually contributed fairly well. Naheem Hines, one of the notable ones. Reggie Gillespie is starting to do fairly well for the Wolfpack coming into filling for Matt Days. So I think these guys could develop into a good team, but the play calling is what really concerns me. When you've lost your top two running backs and you still want to run the ball, I'm not sure what you're thinking because it's just not there. Gillespie and Hines are not big enough to run against North Carolina. That just was a fact, and they kept trying to do it. So that's what really frustrates me is the play calling. That, I think, needs to change. I would totally agree with that. I think Dave Doran is doing the best he can with what he has, and I don't think you can fault the guy for his effort, but I agree the play calling has to change. At some point or another, you have to realize that you're not playing in the MAC anymore. You're playing in the ACC. And while strong running game, nothing more than supplements your offense, you have to be very careful with how you're running the football. And the fact of the matter is, when you're getting down into third and fourth string, true freshman running backs, it's just not going to work. I do think you have to give a little bit of credit to Gene Chizik's defense, and that is something he has prided himself on since coming to North Carolina. And once again, you see NC State gets in the red zone, and they're not scoring the football like they normally should. Carolina is a good football team, and we will get to talking about them once we get to our pick section as they are heading to Charlotte this weekend to take on the number one Clemson Tigers. But before we get up and into that segment, we will now transition back to the hardwood where the NC State men's basketball team is struggling once again. They took on the Michigan Wolverines last night. It was a Tuesday night matchup, ACC Big Ten Challenge, and the Wolfpack seemed like they had a good matchup in this one. Michigan is not a bad basketball team. It's a good chance to get a tournament resume win, and the fact of the matter is they just couldn't do it. When, you look, when you're looking down the scoreline, Levert for Michigan, 18 points. Robinson, 17 points. Wagner, 8 points. And NC State is only managing to score 59 points in the basketball game. They shot 33% from the field in general, and that's a second-half shooting percentage of 27.6%. Just an absolute atrocity. What is going on with this basketball team? I think they're still trying to find themselves. They sometimes look like they have, but they're still trying to figure it all out, and I think you saw it that night. One thing I want to point out, because it doesn't happen very often, is that Free throw percentage wasn't awful, 70.8%. For NC State, it wasn't that's good not either. bad. That's, but for NC State, that's much improved. And you look at some of the guys that are shooting. I mean, Cat Barber went 4 for 4. Caleb Martin went 6 for 6. And Abdul Malika Boo, 2 for 2. So you have guys that are starting to consistently make free throws. That's going to come in handy as you go down the road and get into some close basketball games and ACC play. So I think you have to. what you have to do with this team is look at what they're doing well and hope that they find a way to piece it all together like they have the last few years and really every year that Mark Gottfried has been here. And you got to just hope that they piece those together and have it all together come tournament time. I think what concerns me the most is once again, and I wrote on this throughout the entirety of ACC play last season, is there is no adaptation of Mark Gottfried's strategy. Michigan is not a Maryland. They're not a Michigan State. They're not a Duke. They're not a Carolina. That's a beatable basketball team. That's a beatable, unranked basketball team. And at the end of the day, Mark Godfrey's running the exact same offense. You move it up to the point. 
whether it be Cat Barber or whoever he's got up there, and you've got four other players standing still regardless of where they are on the floor. That bothers me. There is no fluidity on this offense. There is no movement. And I think now you're starting to see that that's very easy to defend, and that's just not the way to run the team. What does NC State have to do to start putting points up on the scoreboard? They need to get Cat moving again. I think what you're seeing is Cat's been very stagnant up at the top of the point. And I think that'll come. I think he's uncomfortable again this uh, start of this year because he's lost some players, and especially when you lose a guy who's really kind of supposed to be your crutch in Terry Henderson. I think that really hurt him as well. Once he gets back to finding his rhythm and figuring out how this offense is going to work, I think this team will be just fine. I think it's just a matter, really, with this team, I think what we've seen over the past couple of years, it's just about patience. What? This team d develops very well throughout the season, and while sometimes it looks like Mark Godfrey doesn't have his team under control or doesn't have them set up for, to win, He's working on it, and I think it's proven. You look at the success he's had making the tournament and winning some games in the tournament, I think you have to just trust his system. I think this little streak of win-loss, win-loss, it comes at a very bad time for Godfrey because he just got a contract extension, and everybody is so hyped up about the recruits he's bringing in, the fact that he's coming back, the fact that it looks like NC State basketball is going to get back on track, and boom, 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 you have three losses in your non-conference schedule of play. And, of course, most notably, the one that stings the most is you drop your season opener, your home opener, to William & Mary. You can excuse Arizona State. I think you have to travel a long way, and that's a good basketball team now that they've got their coaching staff reset after the Herb Sendak era there. This one's tough. I think John Beeline is a great coach. I think Michigan has a good shot to be competitive, a dark horse in the Big Ten, as it seems like they always are. This is a tough one to swallow. And, and you do wonder, what's what's next for NC State? I mean, because I think now, if you're looking at making the NCAA tournament, you can't just be mediocre any longer. You can't drive middle-of-the-pack ACC somewhere from the 8-10 to seed. You've got to find a way to create a couple of upsets because there is no marquee win unless you want to count that LSU game. And the Tigers have gone on three-series game losing streak. I think NC State may, at the end of the season, be praying for a little bit of mercy from the selection committee and the fact that hopefully when Terry Henderson comes back, they become a better basketball team again. But they're going to have to steal some wins in ACC play because, as you said, this is not a good start at 4-3. and three. Now, you take a look at the rest of their non-conference schedule. Bucknell, South Florida, High Point, UNC Greensboro, and Northeastern, those five games should all be wins for NC State, not to say that they won't come out and lose one of those. And then a tough one against Missouri in Missouri, that's one that I could see them dropping. But I think they should be somewhere around 9-4 and four going into conference play, which they want to be a little bit better than that, but I think they can salvage it. All right. Well, we step off the hardwood staying indoors, though. We would be remiss if we did not mention the NC State hockey team. Clearly, by far, right now, at least the best NC State athletic team that has a good amount of games under their belt, 14-1 and after a win against North Carolina Charlotte in what was supposed to be the Charlotte Shootout Tournament, and that ended up falling through to just a one-game series non-conference against the 49ers. They win that one 8-7, to but now they have a really tough opponent coming into Raleigh on Friday night. The Virginia Tech Hokies, ranked 15th, will be coming to visit 13th-ranked NC State Wolfpack, single-highest-ranked Hockey matchup in school history for the Wolfpack, which is tremendous. It's a 9.45 p.m. start time late at the Raleigh Iceplex on Friday, and that is the Christmas Todd and Sawyer's Toy Drive night. If you'd like to donate a toy, you can bring it to the hockey game on December the 4th, or you can drop it by the West Dunn Building here on NC State's campus. 
tremendous opportunity for NC State to get another marquee victory over a team they've already beaten this year. This is a big one for the Wolfpack, but they're going to have to come out and be ready to play after a weekend off. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the big thing is making sure that they're still game ready after a little bit of time off for Thanksgiving. So that'll be interesting to see. But they did beat Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech on NHL ice. I think they'll have a little bit of an easier time when they have more space at the Iceplex with an Olympic-sized sheet. Not to say that won't work to the advantage of Virginia Tech as well, but I think anytime NC State can play on a bigger ice, they're going to have the advantage. I think the other thing is NC State's going to be very healthy as they head into this game. They're not going to have to worry about travel concerns. They're not going to have to worry about too many injuries because a couple of guys have been on the road to recovery now for a couple of weeks, so you do hope they're going to have the best roster at their disposal. And as we transition into our pick section of the show, that's the first game we're going to start off with. 13 NC State versus 15 Virginia Tech right here in Raleigh. It's a non-ACCHL matchup, but one that has huge implications as you work into the ACHA and looking at regional rankings. So who do you have in this one? I'm going to go with NC State. I think they'll be ready to go. They're ready to play another game. You're going to see a big crowd because it is a big game. That'll have them ready to go as well. Coupled with a home game and Olympic-sized sheet, I think everything's in favor of the Wolfpack. NC State has a lot to prove in this game, and especially proving that the loss against the University of North Carolina at Wilmington was nothing more than a fluke. NC State's going to have to come out. They're going to have to play well, and I think if they're able to do that, they will get the win. I'm taking the Wolfpack as well. And now we go back to one of our other weeks where we have a ton of college football games to pick. We've got four of them. And they're the four most important games on the slate of the weekend. We will start with the SEC championship game, Alabama-Florida in Atlanta, Georgia. That's Alabama all the way. They've been chugging ever since that loss to Ole Miss. They haven't looked back. They're going to win that game and roll right into the college football playoff. Roll tide, roll. I've got Alabama in this one. I really think they're going to be the team to win the national championship. Ever since that loss, they've been very solid, both defensively and offensively. I've got the Tide. Stanford and USC in the Pac-12 championship game. This is Stanford's outside shot. They need a couple, a couple of losses up top from either Clemson or Alabama, but do they beat the Trojans? I'm going to pick the Trojans to win this game as maybe a little bit of a surprise. They've really rallied since losing their coach earlier in the year, and they're playing better and better every week. I'm going to take Southern Cal. Christian McCaffrey, Bryce Love, there are too many weapons on that Stanford team. I think the Cardinals are going to be primed and ready, hoping for a loss up top. I've got the Cardinal in this one. Now we will go to the Big Ten Championship game, what essentially functions as college football quarterfinal matchup. Michigan State will take on the Iowa Hawkeyes, who, who would have thought we would have said this, Iowa undefeated. This is a big game. Yeah, well, Iowa has not seen a team like Michigan State yet, especially their defense. I think Michigan State's going to win this one. It could be a very decisive one at that. I've got Sparty in this one. I think that they're primed and ready to go to the college football playoff. They're finally getting the recognition they deserve in the Big Ten. They were able to knock off Ohio State. I've got green and white. And finally, we come to the ACC championship game, Charlotte, North Carolina. The Clemson Tigers, undisputed number one team in the nation, taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels, who are – all of a sudden, in a lot of conversations all over every major news network, they're looking for a shot to get into the college football playoff. But regardless, the first thing that has to happen is this game has to be played. Who wins it? Well, I think Clemson's going to shut the door on North Carolina. They haven't seen a team like the Tigers yet this year playing in the Coastal Division, a little bit of a weaker division. I think it's going to be Clemson all the way. I think it'll be closer than some people think it'll be, but I think Clemson's going to have control for the majority of that football game. Marquise Williams is under serious consideration for ACC Player of the Year. And yes, they come through the Coastal Division. Their biggest win is at Pittsburgh. They have two wins against FCS opponents, 
and a loss to South Carolina, who has been nothing less than abysmal this season. The fact of the matter is that offense is highly touted. Clemson has not played well against any of their opponents since visiting Raleigh. They barely squeaked by Florida State. They beat Clemson by only 10. They had a lot of trouble handling South Carolina. Clemson is on a cold streak. And for some reason, I just have this gut feeling that this is the game they lose. North Carolina is going to be in Charlotte with their fan base. It is going to be a lot of baby blue in Bank of America Stadium. I'm Clemson's picking the Tar Heels. Just as close. Clemson's just as close, but I'm picking the Tar Heels in this game. I think North Carolina is well on their way. There's no pressure on their back. I think this is the year finally somebody breaks a Clemson or Florida State ACC championship winner. I've got the Tar Heels in this one. That is going to wrap it up for this week's Howler. We will be back next week with another guest to give you the state of Wolfpack Athletics. We'll have more basketball to talk about, wrapping up our ACC football schedule. NC State will have their bowl game to talk about as we head into the holiday season. Chris, any final words? Go Pack. <laughs> That's Chris Lehman. I'm Drew Blevins. Thanks for listening to another edition of The Howler. Our technical producer is Chuck Kibbins. We thank him for all of, our, all of his work as normal. Drew Blevins once again signing off for Chris Lehman. You've just been given the state of Wolfpack Athletics. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of Wolfpack Sports Television. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu sports.